I was getting late, so uh, let's, let's uh, keep covering ground. So uh, we're continuing to go through Sharon Betfila, and we are going to continue. This is quite a long chapter, and rightfully so, as we're uh, going to continue learning. We started the, the type of tefila referred to as rina, which is uh, song and praise. And um, in the beginning, Rosham Shempinkas uh, pointed out to us that the yesayid of song and praise is simcha, and simcha is security. That was like the idea that we were referring to. It doesn't mean you're necessarily always walking around with a, you know, jumping up and down, but that's that's where rina can can stem from when a person's their, their mind is settled and secure in the knowledge that there's a rebbeinu shalom and that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, continues to to uh, be involved in uh, in every last detail of our lives. So that leads a person uh, to Rina. So Rina is, an, is, is a, it's more of a realization. Simcha also is a, is a realization. So this is, it's quite a long chapter. It'll probably take us another week or two. See, I don't know if we'll finish it. Uh, probably won't finish it completely this week. But let's try to cover a few more ideas within, within Rina. So... We've mentioned prior, Rosham Shabbat has pointed out that there, there's 10 specific or 10 particular styles, we're calling, types of tefillah. And we have to know when to utilize different tefillahs. For example, the example he gave us is if a person goes into the second blessing of Shemona Esrei, which talks about Tchiyas HaMesim, resurrecting the dead, both literally from the ground, and literally for those of us that have live times in our lives and dead times in our lives, there's always the ups and the downs and the times where we're, we're feeling more, uh, uh, you know, more, more alive and times where we're feeling uh, more down. So to be asking for that, uh, for Tchiyas HaMesim, in the second blessing is the wrong type of tefillah. It's not going to be effective because the second blessing, when we're mentioning Tchiyas HaMesim, it's a, it's a blessing of praise. It's understanding that Hashem's in charge and the first three blessings are all about Hashem being in charge and then we get to the requests. So if a person starts with their requests for these things in the second blessing, we're misusing davening and it's not going to be effective. That's what we've... That's what we've learned previously, why it's important to know how and where to place the different types of davening. Now, where Shav Shepika is going to bring us to is that it doesn't mean that the second blessing, and follow me with this, it doesn't mean the second blessing doesn't bring Tchiyas HaMesim. Again, the fact that we're not asking for it in the second bracha, and if I do, it's not really going to be as effective doesn't mean that the second bracha is not effective to Tchiyas HaMesim. So how do I make it effective? I can't request. So in what way is it effective? You get it? So how, how am I making use of this bracha? Is it just a praise? But there's no activity with it? Or is there activity involved in this, uh, this blessing of, of uh, bringing life to things that have, have lost life? The same way when we request in the later blessings of Shemayin Esrei, a person 
certainly is supposed to request everything and anything, any need, any burden that they carry. So too, by praises, the first three blessings we'll call it, or in general praise of prayer. The second blessing, let's, I'm just picking on this as an example, brings Tchiyas Amazing. It does. Just not by asking. So how does it bring it? Get ready for this. Through praising and glorifying Hashem and recognizing that it's in His power, in this way, it brings Tchiyas Amazing. So we don't go into Hashem, but we're like, God, Tchiyas, I mean everything. You're the Gibar, you're the great one. Just the recognizing that in the praise, that itself brings it. So don't be like, Hashem, please. No, 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 we're going to do that later. But within praise itself opens up the Shefa, the abundance of heaven. Just the Shvach, the, the, the praise itself. You don't need, what we're learning from here is, to get something, you don't need to ask for it. To get something... We have to know it. We have to praise that it's completely in the Rabban Shem's ability. By recognizing it's in the Rabban Shem's ability, that itself already starts the process of accessing it. As the Gemara in Tracti Tainus, page 24, Omar says, Mashiv Aruach, the uh, a person says, Mashavaruach, let the winds come. Vinashav Zeka started to blow in. Mayor Degeshem let the rains gone. Vasamitra started the rain. Now, Mashavaruach Amor Degeshem is in which blessing? The second. Yeah, so you just said, Mashav, God, you're in control. And, uh, you didn't even ask for it. Right? You, you, you didn't ask for it. We find this in our own lives, by the way, in, in everything, everything in the way that is connected to Baruch Hu becomes very, very true in the way we interact with. Each other and, and interact with ourselves. The moment somebody recognizes that I have access to something that they could use, I automatically want to give it to them. They don't need to ask for it. Now, some people, they dafka wait. Okay, this is me, this need to work on. And again, it's nuanced, specific, each situation you got to know as many, many. Uh, as many many things are, but if we if we if we think to ourselves, and all all as we say all the time, all true psychology and good psychology, uh, you know, stems from stems from Tyra and 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 the Svaramakadeshim. But if the, there are people out there that you know they they need to wait to be asked directly for something because they're not they're not thinking beyond what uh, the, the the way that. But for for many of us. Person's molded in halavah. Yeah, sometimes we we mess up in this too. But if if we're molded to be givers like the rabbanu shlaila, then if somebody if somebody mentions that we're capable, don't we we like naturally want to give something that we're capable of giving? It's a natural thing, even before we're uh, we're being asked for. By being mishabeach, by praising that we say Hashem, I know that you are the one who's in complete control over. The winds, the rain, you sustain life with your kindness. So as soon as we, we speak about these things, with God's mercy, everything. So that 
and that's that's already opening, that's opening the dam and the the shefa the bracha can already come before the request. So don't go into. Uh, here's what he's nuancing for us: make sure not to use the wrong style of prayer in that bracha, but also know that when you use the right style, you're still getting it. You're still getting it. You don't need to wait for the request to be there. The Gemara says, it started to rain, it started to blow in. I don't understand. All I did was mention that Hashem's in control. Hashem's in charge. That's all I did. How did Hashem know to give it to me? I didn't even ask for it. I didn't even tell him I needed it. Right? It's enough to bring the rain. Through arranging my words of praise, Hashem starts to answer the same way as if uh, the same way as if we would um, we would uh, ask for it. Fabir Bizeh. And he says, let me explain to you, let me give the explanation to this. Let's explain this. Better to rely on the Rabbanishal than to rely on humans. Okay? We all know that from our own experience. See, some some people say, Oh, you know how I know to rely on Hashem more than people? Because I have a Muna. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's from experience. <laughs> right? Ain't nobody to rely on. I'm not relying, right? But what do we know? Mefari Shagra, Huva Besidder, it's brought in the city of the Vulnagain. To be talking while Indian Sheesh by Avtacha, the Chisayan who belay Avtacha, God Machois and Betzel Elan. He says, having Bitachan on the Rabbin Shalom is like a person having Bitachan, having reliance on the shade of a tree. What does it mean in the shade of a tree? The person's leaning against the tree, sitting in the shade, sitting in the shade. Why is the tree providing shade? The tree wants to provide shade. The tree's like, I'll be a nice guy today. I'll be a nice gal. Take care of you. I'll take care of you. No, that's what trees, what branches do. They give you shade. It's what we do. I'm not, it's not a, it's a reality. You, you sit under, it's called a tree because there's branches, otherwise it would be called a trunk. So it's called a tree, now there's branches, and I'm leading on the tree, it's gonna, there's a sun on top, what happens is there's shade. Unless Sh- the wind blows. Huh? Unless the wind is blowing. <laughs> and to move the tree? To move the, to move the branches. Okay, unless they're fine. So. Fine. But what, it, what a tree does is it gives shade, that's what it does. A person comes close. You'll be protected from the sun and the rain. Okay? Now, it's just, that, that, that's reality. This is how it works when we're with Hashem Yisbarach. In the, in the light of the face of the King of Life. If you're in a dark room and you light a candle, there will be light. Anybody who stands next to the light, will see it. You're like, I'm not going to see you. No, you will see it. You can close your eyes if you want. But this candle is still giving light. You just don't want to see it. But it's still giving light. It's a reality. Anybody who places themselves in the shade of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, against my will, I will be saved. You can't sit under a tree and say, nah, don't give me shade today. Not today. It's okay. You're, on, you're off. You're retired. Three, you're retired. You don't need to offer shade anymore. No, it's what I do. 
So too it is with a person who sits in the shade of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's just what happens. Al-Karchach, there will be a salvation. This is the reality of Hashem's connection to this world. Through recognizing that there's a tree that gives shade, through recognizing there's a Rabbanu Shalom that gives protection, and recognizing with complete recognition His goodness, the chusabai ubaytehachalov, and I sit under the shade. I sit under the shade. So I'm baytehachalov. I'm sitting under the tree. So that's bitachin. I'm putting myself under the rebbeinu shalom. Memele yilakala brachas vayishuos kulam. Okay, so I put myself. I put myself under the shade of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So whatever whatever goodness Hakadosh Baruch Hu has is uh, is going to come down on me. That's what's going to happen. Now this is. We could pause for a minute and just give a little. Uh, a little inkling to what maybe some of us uh, is entering our minds, and that is, so why doesn't it happen? Always. I think I'm having bitachin, I think I'm having, I'm putting myself under the, the shade of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, so there's, there's a couple approaches to this. Assuming that we're doing it right, that's the assumption. That, that's, we, we, try, we try giving a, uh, assuming that everything is that, that we're doing the right thing We also have to realize That we Are unsure Of What exactly is Sun and rain that we're being protected from That's where, that's where At least in my <coughs> Humble opinion And I really like Humble meaning I don't know if I'm right with this but my, the, where my brain is now, the way I'm understanding this is, the shade of a tree is meant to protect us from what? What's it protecting from? Sun, rain, things, elements. I, me personally, I, I am not fully aware of which elements are an impediment to me for me to truly know what the shade is doing. Get what I'm saying? What, like... I, I may, I'm, I may think that there's an element that's taiv, that's good, that's really not good, and I'm asking to be protected from something which should be coming to me, and maybe right, maybe it I, I should want it, but I don't, or maybe I want things that I shouldn't. So I think where some of the confusion for us may come in, is what's the elements that are really uh, really an impediment and what's this thing that's actually protecting me. We may think the, the, the tree is the problem. Somebody who's trying to take a tan and has a tree on top of them, you start blaming the tree. You're in the way of the sun. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? But lahavdil, <laughs> so to speak, you could say this, like what's happening? You protect, uh, um, you know, I'm expecting uh, protection from these things, and a bunch of them's like, I'm, "This is exactly, uh, this is exactly uh, uh, what's happening." You have a question? I mean, is it so important to know? No, but I think this is why we have, still have confusion. But even Hashem does, Hashem does. We, I mean, it's like we're trying to figure out why Hashem does things. That's, yeah. that's beyond. 
נכון. So therefore it leads to our confusion as to, so I think I'm doing this and why isn't it happening? That's, that's uh, the, the, the detail over here. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talk about the shade of the tree, but realistically the sun you know, starts in the east, goes to the west. So how can a, a tree protect you constantly? And so that's why I kind of look at I mean, Hashem that cannot always okay. protect us. So you're right. There's going to be elements that we're going to have to deal with. Good. We're going, to, we're going to have to face. What we're dealing with now is the shade of the tree, not the tree itself. You're right that, it, that you're never going to find a great example physically in this world of something that's going to compare to HaKadosh Baruch What he's explaining is when you figuratively, figuratively come under the shade of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the same way uh, we're protected from the things that we want to be protected from, whether or not we're in the mood to be, and we're not interested, that's naturally what's going to happen when you put yourself into the shade of HaKadosh Baruch. But you're right, it, it, it's the same thing as saying God took us out of Egypt with his right hand. Right? It just It's a symbol of power, it's not, it doesn't, it's not referring to anything other than... It's, it's, it's a way for us, uh, us uh, humans to visualize, visualize what's happening. Yeah, Mordechai. So when you were saying um, when we will get before we ask, was that asking to Hashem or towards a human, towards a person? Uh, when we're dealing, well, you could be Valachta Bedracha, but man, you could do Valachta Bedracha, you could follow in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and be on the lookout for this. But what we're pointing out is that when we mention that Hashem, once we praise Hashem and we say, Hashem, I know that you are the source of all this abilities, that itself is a prayer, and that itself brings bracha even before I'm asking for it. It's, it's another way of asking. That's basically where we're being taught. There's, there's, certain, there's different ways to ask. One way to ask is by noticing and praising where it's coming from. So is there a practical aspect to that? Yeah, the second bracha Shmoneh Know what's happening. You have to be aware of what's happening when when we're when we're praising Hashem. But we'll come around. This this let's let's keep going through this. We'll come across the bigger part of the picture. So let's bring this back to to davening. Vim came the Indian tefillah. In bimtzias, if in reality, Masha Adam I made a mishmeach lefanav yis barachu davak boy. K'mashu kasev Rambam. When we praise Hashem and we sing to Hashem and we exalt Hashem, I don't know the difference, you know, you, know, you go through David and exalt and, and grandeur and, 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 and I don't know English well enough to, sometimes I'm just like, I'll stick with the Hebrew over here. It makes more sense to me. I could look at the Shirish 
and all the difference. Otherwise, uh, grandeur, exalt, and uh, elevate, and majesty. Uh, to me, it's all the uh, same. Um, so it's um, it's uh, it allows us to uh, when we praise it we're with Hakadosh Baruch Hu with big time closeness. In Cain, if so, being with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, being Meshabeach Hakadosh Baruch Hu, connecting with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, memela mekabel hu shefa shal bracha mimeni yisbarach to baar penei melachayim. What happens is like this. You connect yourself to something good, you're going to get something good. That's the, that's the main idea that Rosh Hashanah wants to bring out from this specific paragraph. <coughs> connect yourself to the Rabbi Yisraelim, the good will come. And now he's going to shift to something that is so practical and very incredible. Many of us know it. I just I, I love the way sometimes you know something and then people... Uh, you know, it, it comes out and it's articulated in a way where things just click together. He, he mamish brings out this concept of Rina in such a in such a beautiful way, and he starts by quoting a pasuk in Eicha. Okay, we read this on Tishabov. Now, this should already be um, interesting to us that we're going to quote Tishabov, Eicha, a problem when teaching how to handle Rina. Which is singing to Hashem. Okay? Kumi Raini Balaila. You get up and sing at night. To the one who's in charge of all the watches. Shivchi Kamayim Libech. Yeah? My heart is. Shivchi Kamayim is running like water. Naichach Pene Hashem. Ah, we're talking about how we're connected to very fluffy and beautiful, right? Eh? Okay, now guarded for this. These are the words. The young people who are starving in all the courtyards. Okay. Bekasha. So get up and sing all these mamash, you connect like Baruch Hu. And then it says, you know, people who are basically people who are starving out in the streets. So Bekasha, is I understand. Lachora seems. Rina says, "Kumi Raini, get up and sing." Right? Rina, he tefila habam itaych simcha v'shevach lagadish baruch hu. Singing comes through security, joy, gladness, praise. V'imkain and if so, ech nimtzah mekayim akam b'tefila. Where does Rina come in in a davening? Al nefesh elalecha tufim berav beraish kol chutzes. People who are mamas struggling out, starving in the streets. Where does Rina come in? This should be like groaning that we learned about. This should be requesting what's with singing. But the truth is, He says, the time to use Rina, again, what's Rina? Is it singing? No, no, no. What are we saying? What's Rina? Knowing and praising that Hashem is Hashem. <laughs> Thank you, Hashem, for being Hashem, right? That's Rina, right? Thank God, there's a God. Kishaniskaru Share Shemayim. Get ready for this. When the gates of heaven are closed, Utrichim Liftayach Share Bracha, and blessing needs to be opened, the gates of blessing need to be opened. There's nothing greater than Hashemayim. No greater type of davening. 
is where it gets practical. How do I know when to do? No greater type of davening can my shiras v'sishbachis. Like being mishabeach, hakadosh baruch hu, praising hakadosh baruch hu, knowing hakadosh baruch hu. When I'm down in the dumps, the best and most effective style of tefillah is to open up the, 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 those gates of heaven is actually rina. It's rina. Shemiyad kasher mara ponem tsoyavayz klape mala. Mekayim HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bay Hashem Tzilcha. Here's what happens. What happens is Hashem's our shadow as Davra Melech taught us. And now I smile at him. What does my shadow do when I smile? Smiles back. Smiles back. And it opens up Shari Bracha V'Yeshua. So Prophets It's a rule This is a rule throughout everything The Shekhinah resides When there's Simcha Again What's Simcha? Security Security leads to Rina That's when I'm That's when I have Rina That's when I have song That's when I have gladness Again Song and gladness Does not necessarily mean I'm dancing on top of everything And I'm like beyond glad Doesn't mean I'm glad it means I'm misameach in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I, I could be totally confused by what's happening because I'm not Hashem, but I I smile at Hashem because I know that Hashem Tzilcha and the greatest way to to open up the storehouses is to constantly be mishabeach Hakadosh Baruch Hu. This is a big When a person finds that the gates of blessing are closed off. That is exactly the time when everything is, all, all brachas to me seem to be turned off. That it becomes my responsibility. To look at the whole world at large. The ilu befrat, and then the specifics, and see what goodness I still have. Because when I smile at the fact that I can see, even though I just hurt my foot, chas v'sholem. When I smile at the fact that I can smell, even though my parnasa is suffering. When I can smile at the fact that I have the ability to think, even when a family member just hurt me or a friend, and I take that situation that I'm put into where instead, where I'm in a place where I'm like, Hashem, I mean, I need, I need people. I need, I'm losing trust in everything. And I need, I need my physical health. I need my emotional health. I need everything. And that, the, the best way to bring bracha to that is by taking my focus off of those needs and starting to build by noticing what's currently there, then God's going to be my shadow. Because I'm going to start being noticing the good, and when you notice the good, the good comes. Good comes when it's noticed. Things that aren't good come when it's noticed. So it's a matter of, you know, where to, uh, it's a matter of controlling our 
emotions at least as much as we can. Now Hashem gave us emotions for a reason and a person should never ever squash their emotions. Emotions are very necessary to use in order to function. If I wouldn't cry when something sad happens, I wouldn't be able to function. Hashem gave us emotions, madness, sadness, laughter, uh, um, naiveness, <laughs> anything you can imagine across the board, it's, it's to be used. It's to be used. I, I use those things in a way where it can steer me back to being mishabeach. There's the, the, they're meant to be used and then within the usage of it we know we know that there's gonna that as these emotions ebb and flow that ultimately at the end of the um, at the end of the not at the end of the day on the last day we'll call it I don't like the end of the day it says in Eishas she smiles about the last day which as my mother would uh, uh, share with us, and I've shared this uh, as well uh, from her, and that is we as Yidin, we it's kind of like a movie, and people don't want to the end of the movie because it ruins the whole thing, <laughs> right? It's, what's it called when you spoil a movie? Spoiler. A spoiler. That's what it's called. It's called a spoiler. spoiler alert. A spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So my mother would say, like, there's already a spoiler alert. We know the end of the story. There's going to be a Beis Hamikdash. There's going to be Mashiach. Like there's, I mean, it's the drama in the middle that like we're going through, and we're like, what's happening, right? But that, but that's what Tishchak Liyamachar. It's like, but she smiles about the last day. We know that there's an end of the story, and we know exactly how the movie's going to end. We know how it started. We know how it's going to end. We're like these. What? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we're like uh, these, uh, we're like you know these uh, actors, you know, in this uh, in this uh, space of time where we're still building the world and we're connecting to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, um, in this way. But we know we, we know exactly how how um, how it ends, and when you're able to see the last day, it it allows us to. Utilize those emotions. When I have emotions of anger or sadness, if I don't have the Yom Acharein to look at, if I don't have that last day to look at, so then the emotion can completely derail me. It'll completely derail me. The emotion's meant to be used for now while knowing the Yom Acharein. Now, to bring it back to tefillah, what we're talking about here is... is and this is the disclaimer that I want to give, is this is not saying we're not supposed to, to, to not experience the things Hashem wants us to experience. Hashem wants us to experience things. This is a very of idea. It's unfortunately, many, myself included, many people, we, we're, we're too busy to experience things. And that, that word busy is used on purpose. I usually don't use the word busy, but in here, I'm purposely using the word busy. Because it's not that I'm too busy for something else, but a, the, the word busyness is just an excuse to, to not prioritize. So th- there's there's things happening, so I don't really experience. We just went through a Shavuos. We went through two days, uh, through ta- uh, right, two days of Shavuos. 
there are so many things happening on Shavuos that I don't really know if I experienced Shavuos. I experienced things, right? Um, uh, you know, coming it just uh, in my mind, yeah, my mind coming into Shavuos, just a little bit into the life of Tendler. Okay, so I have the, the, the week lead up, whatever it is, trying to focus on the Chatzil Lachem and Chatzil Lashem, as Shavuos is, right? Focus on, on my own personal Torah, focus on the Shirim for the Shul, and, the, and how, how, what the learnings and you know, how, how that's all going to be set up, and then the food for the night, and then my wife's busy making the, the Kiddush, and then, okay, so you have all these, and then um, uh, the day before Shul, I walked into Shul, and I'm like, this is disgusting, this blue part of the carpet, I, I can't walk into the Shul on Yom Tif. It just stains everywhere. I, I'm not, I will not go into Yom Tif like this. So I start making phone calls. Who's got a carpet machine? Who's got this? I called Courtney. I got a machine. Called Courtney. Get this. Courtney, do me a favor. I don't care. 11 o'clock at night. Just do it. Uh, whatever, whatever it takes. Okay. See, he's a nice guy. He goes, does it. After an hour and a half, the machine breaks. It's now, it's now Arab Yom Tif. So if you walk in, you'll see half of the blue part of the carpet is, is khati clean. Another half is zero clean. All right. But at least I know I tried. Okay. So I'm going into Yom Tif like this, and I got this car. I'm like, every time I notice a stain, I'm like, all right, a stain. A beseder. No, it's like my neshama, beseder. At least you could tell it's blue. Some, you know, at least, it's like, yeah, at least you could tell it's a neshama with some stains. Sometimes it looks black, and there's some blue. Like, at least there's blue, and there's some black. I could handle that. So you go into Yom Tif, and then there's, you know, you, and, then, and then it's, what am I going to speak about, you know, during the 45-minute break between Min Hamarev? So you're preparing, you're preparing Tyre on that. You want it to be meaningful, I want it to be meaningful for myself. I want it to be meaningful for others. And then you get busy with, uh, with uh, which cheesecakes you're going to put out. And uh, is there enough coffee in the machine and enough water and other? And you go through and there's it. Now, by the, before you know it, it's five o'clock in the morning. You got some learning done. The question is, even at that point, at that point, mamish, like Shavuos is barely starting. Did I just experience Shavuos or did I experience things? I, I need no. So I need to be honest with this myself. That's why I'm just glad you right? I need to be honest. Like the, the Rebbeinu wants us to exp, wants us to experience life. Like there's an experience called sukkis. There's ex, there's an ex, it's an experience. There's an experience called shavuos. There's an experience called pesach. There's an experience called today. There's an experience called learning tefillah. And. We have so many other things that are connected to this even, right? So many other things are connected to this. You could be hosting this. In the meantime, every three minutes, like, uh, do we need more uh, whatever, you know? (laughs) Something else going on. So that's part of the hosting experience. And somebody else who's not hosting is not not busy with, with, uh, with, with those types of things. So... Emotions, Rabbi Shalom gave us emotions to experience. We're supposed to experience loss. We're supposed to experience joy. We're supposed to experience things. So again, this was a long tangent of an idea. Not chas v'shalom that Hashem says, push these aside and just have rina to me in everything. We have to experience. Within the experience though, don't let that experience go off the rails by not knowing there's an end day. Know the end day. What's the end day for us as Kalaizal Mashiach? For us individually, right here, right now, the Rabbi Shalom is still running the show. 
I know that in the end. I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm happy, I'm dancing out of my skin. I'm so, like, any experience. But I, I know, it's just whatever the Rabbani Shalom did. That's what happened. It, it's, it's knowing what's truly happening within this, uh, within this, uh, within this world. The school at Sumehizu, Kasher Adam B'Tzara V'Shari Brachas Gur L'Fanav. Okay, so person is in and things are closed off. A person, a person is in a tzara, is in a difficult situation, and it seems like the like the gates of blessing are closed. The tears open up the gate as well, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Thanks for But I'm thinking you're talking laughter and you're talking, you know, you're talking yeah. coming in from a different way, but. Yeah. But tears are not wasted either. So tears are not wasted. What tears? What tears do? And that's we're going to get there, Mirza Hashem, by a different style of tefillah. Um, thank you. Get there by a different style of tefillah. What tears could do is turn over everything. Here we're dealing with opening up gates of bracha. What tears could do is let's say that Baruch Shalom made a decision on something. Rosh Hashanah, it doesn't apply. To any tefillahs of tears. Tefillahs of tears could, could uh, that's the tshuva tefillah and tzedakah, shari that we say, uh, you know, on a shana rabba or by ne'ila, right? The, the gates are locked. It's never locked to, it's, ne- it's never locked to tears. But that's, that's uh, a, it's a different element. Okay, so the, it says the Messiah Shishar, there's not a single person in any situation in life Im'ani, whether he's poor, im'ashir, whether he's wealthy. Again, what's poor and wealthy? In Chazal, you're needy, you're not needy. Okay? So you could be a poor man with money, you could be a poor person with money, and you could be uh, a person with no money and be, and be wealthy. So im'ani, im'ashir, im'beri, im'chayla, healthy, not healthy. Like you're in a flesh, David's job is matzavi. Says in Mesiel Sisharim, you will not find a person that doesn't have bracha in their life. You will not find the person that doesn't have bracha in their life. Every person has miracles happening daily for them. Kiha says if a person has their physical health and they have finances, they have food, they have what to live on. Where of course we're obligated, right? Praise, that should come easy. It should come easy. I have food right now. That's uh, Ha'ani, what about somebody who's lacking right now? Chayev shafilu within the, the person's uh, poverty. So then you say a person is struggling financially. They're going to say, "Well, where's my miracle?" Says the Messias Yesharim, "Have you starved to death?" Yeah. Now it sounds pretty morbid, right? It could be worse, right? That's not what he's saying. He's not saying it could be worse. What he's saying is that notice that you have enough for now. The fact that we're talking now, the fact that we're conversing now means that right now, the, uh, Hashem has given us. This, this is, by the way, how the Yidin lived for 40 years in the Midbar. They had food for now. They never had enough for tomorrow. They never had enough. So a person is Baruch for giving me let me just finish the paragraph. Now, call for forgiving me for giving me for now. So there's still what to be thankful for. Hachayla, 
person who's sick, I'm, I'm really not feeling well, you can be grateful that there's healing in the world. And when people get sick, they don't stay, always stay sick or get sicker. We have the knowledge that, all right, something that'll, you know, I'm not feeling well now, but it could, it could change. It usually does. And he says, any, take any situation in life, in the eighth parak. He says, a person, when we're down in the dumps, should focus on this a lot. We focus on any element of goodness, because we can always, again, just our faculties, just our faculties, what a bracha it is. So these things bring a person to shira, ve'in suffolk. And there's no doubt. He says, no doubt that you can't be judging people if they can't do this or they're having a hard time doing this. And there's situations where it's almost impossible. It's very, very hard. It's easier for some people to say. Harder for somebody who says, I, I totally get that. Avokachi atzosa in a flosh. He says, I'm telling you from the prophets, from Yermia. What we're learning from Eicha is that when there's hunger and poverty in the streets, there still needs to be shvach. There still needs to be praising for Hakadosh Baruch And then eventually the gula will come. The same way that darkness is always uh, is always uh, pushed aside, uh, uh, pushed aside by light. So. Just to wrap up this last idea, then we'll get to uh, Rebetzin Kohn for, for a question or a conversation. The, what Rav Shachibikis wants to bring out over here, an additional aspect of Rina, is number one, he brought out that it is the Shavach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which itself functions to bring the Shefa, to bring the abundance that Hashem has. It doesn't even need to come all your day request. So know the proper place, but also know to, when to have praise, when to have request. But also knows, also know that when I'm praising, it doesn't mean that I'm not connecting and opening up gates of bracha. And you know that for my Shemayin Esrei, and you know that for my daily life. When I'm Mishabeach HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that itself brings bracha. And then the next paragraph, he explains why. He says, why? He says, because when you smile at something, it smiles back at you. It's a mirror. It's a shadow. It's something that... It's something that, uh, that moves with us. And therefore, the more that we find there's goodness in something, the more goodness is awakened to come. And if a person looks, uh, sometimes we don't even look for things, but a person who doesn't find the goodness, it's going to be a lot harder for, for, uh, for the goodness to come. There's a Pusik in the Torah that this all stems from, by the way. The Pasuk in the Torah says, Im yaymar hetev hetev Which means, if you read it this way, if a person says, it couldn't be better. The Rabban Shalom says, I'll show you it could be better. Im yaymar hetev, if you say it could be... It, if you if you say it's good, person says good, 
they have this concept out there in, in society, right? It's like out there, you know, there's a, you know, you, or in in, uh, in Hasidus, what do they say? Tracht gut good, right? I think it's a big idea in Chabad, or right? think good and, and it will be good, right? It's good, it's good vibes. So it's not, it's tracht gut good. It's think good, it will be good. It's because Hashem Tzilcha. Hashem Tzilcha. It's because Hashem's our shadow. So, when a, per, a person, when we put ourselves on a highway of noticing Hashem's goodness, so then that goodness is unending. Everything by Hashem is infinite. Everything by Hashem is infinite. It's, it's, it's never ending. So unfortunately, it could go both ways. Not that Hashem is desiring to do it, you know, to, but Tavon Amalek is saying, listen, if, if, we're gonna, if we're not gonna notice let me present it like this. This is how I'll wrap it up. So I'll wrap it up. The Chavis Abavis describes a person who serves Hashem, connects to Hashem, as somebody who's a Baal Hamashkin. Baal Hamashkin is a collateral owner. And to put it into just a few sentences, says says the Chavos Avavos, Rabbi and Duties of the Heart. He says that there are those of us who wait to connect to Hashem until we have more. So we say, Hashem, I'm, I can't really connect with you because I don't I don't have these things. I need. Let's let's pick on. Uh, let's pick on money because that's the example that that uh, he gives. So let's pick on money. So person says, "Yibam Shalom." I really, I really, I don't have time for you right now. I'll tell you why. I, my business is. I got. I got. I got to. You know. I got. Uh, you know. I got to make some money. When I have ten thousand dollars put into savings, stickle retirement. Then I think I could set aside like an hour a week to do something. Okay? So, Rabbi Shalom says, oh, okay, so you're telling me if I give you a collateral, then you'll do for me? That's what he calls the Balamashkin. Right? Now, what's the problem with the Balamashkin? It's the Chelsea Baba says. The problem with the Balamashkin is, is that you're waiting to put $10,000 into a savings account or however, whatever uh, amount it is. What about your eyesight? What about your taste? What about everything I've given you? You need something else before you want to connect with me? What, 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 what else? Right? So, but, but that's how we work. We say, God, I want more of a collateral. First, you give me this and then, and then uh, I'll give you that. Right? They... The joke they say over is this guy. Um, this guy has a vision from from the Lord. He says, "The Lord says I want to, you know, I, I need you to be spending more time with me, thinking about me." And he says, uh, "I'll tell you what." He says, "God, you know, fifty mil in the bank. I could retire. I'll think about you all day. Think about you all day." So God says, "He says, you know what?" I got eight thousand guys on Lakewood doing it for two hundred bucks a week. It's fine. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, Michael Tavis. I don't. I don't need your things. 
But that, <laughs> I don't need any favors. But that's what it is. Sometimes it's like we're doing the Rabban Shalom favors. You know? and, and that's the, the perspective that I think Rosham Shabbat wants to bring out over here. You know, not a chasham to, to, you know, uh, make light of it. But it's that we, every person has in their life goodness that they can find that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us. We all have that in our life. And there's two, there's two ways so far that we've learned to open up bracha in our lives. Through tefillah. One way is bakasha, request, for sure. And he's teaching us another way you could open up bracha. This is what, this is what we're having. Another way to open up bracha is by noticing bracha. When you notice bracha, it opens up bracha. That's the shvach. Yeah. Basically, it sounds like what I've heard is everything that was talked about is it all stems from the foundation of just being grateful, about um, being more mindful, about having gratitude for a lot of things that we have. And that gratitude leads to the shefa and everything else. Yeah. The only additional point that he's bringing out with that is the expression. That mindfulness won't necessarily do the whole trick of knowing it, but it's to actually praise. It's a training, though. Train yeah, yeah, you have to train it, but you have to praise. You have to, you have to actively express it, right? Hashem, thank you for this. Hashem, thank you for this. So when we're being mishabeach, and you are the one who has it, and you, so that mishabeach, that expression of it, opens up the bracha similar to a request. So they both, uh, you know, they, they both have that, that point. Yeah. yeah. You have to be intellectually right. honest with yourself. It's hard. It's hard. But you should know, you should know Chazal, Chazal. No, but Chazal built it in. Yeah, the problem is sometimes we want something and, and we know we don't. There's no way to know. Okay. There's things that I think my family needs. So Hashem wants me to do what I can to get those things. But, it, but let's say, chas v'shalom. And you know, let me take this because we don't want to talk about ourselves in, in, in a way. I don't know if it's a true story, not a true story, but, or it's a parable. Either way, point well taken. There was a guy in Eretz Yisrael and he, uh, he was davening very, very hard for uh, something in an area of Parnassa. And the way the story goes, again, it's a legend, um, true story, not true story. I love the point though. The way the story goes is that one night he had a dream from his father, who was a tzaddik, and his father said, you should know that your tefillahs are coming up very strong. The struggle we're having in Shamayim is that the Rebbe is ready to answer your tefillahs. One of your children will become handicapped though. That's what has to happen. So the struggle they're having is whether to answer your davening and make your Parnassus situation easy, easier um, and your child will... Uh, enter a handicap situation or to uh, just you know keep the status quo and the guy wakes up okay I, I get the point of the story and that's really what you're bringing out it's like do you want it or do you need it this is why Chazal put into davening the words and we say this by the way throughout Yom Neiram that we say Lemancha everything that we ask for we say Hashem Lemancha for you I want it for you, meaning I truly don't know. I'm, I'm still supposed to ask for it. See, people are like, oh, don't ask for more because you never know if it's good or it's bad. I'm not scared by this story. 
I'm still allowed to ask, but if you ask for it in a way where Hashem, this is what, to, to me, this is what it seems is necessary. This is what would be helpful. This is what, okay, if only uh, we could have dreams, we, should, we could have she'ifas, but we also know, we have to have an understanding that Hashem is truly the only one with the best picture. And therefore, uh, with the only one with the true picture. And therefore, when we're being mishabeach, you should know, this is really taking it a, what, what we're mentioning here is really the crux of what he's saying. I didn't want to, so I, I didn't want to personally go here because I think it's, it, I think I know it's beyond anything I could personally express, but it's an absolute truth. I know this from my rebbeim and the things I've been taught. And the, it, it, the, w- within the issues, there certainly is, and there's, again, for each other, we can't know this, but there certainly is within the issue a good chance that this is mamish what we want. Which is why it could be Mishabayah Hashem with Tsaris. Because I'm confident, not me, but since Hashem is running the world, I'm confident that if it could be better any other way, and I'm davening properly, it would be. It would be. So, so how do you really know? Okay, so this is, this is how Hashem, it could be Hashem's only taking this week because He wants me to daven for it and then He'll change it. Okay, this is all part of God, part of a, a, a grander plan. But in a very deep way, to be Mishabayach Hashem in a time of tzara is actually a next level understanding. More than being mindful of all the goodness, it's the next level understanding that, that it's very possible, it's a tzara to me and it's mamish what I want. There's really this possibility. It's really possible. It's tough. It's a tough thing to say, and you don't have to. You don't. You don't have to say it because again, you, you know, we're, we're just davening for it. But it's quite possible. It's quite possible that if we would know the big picture, we wouldn't want it any. It could be this is mamish, you know, you know, We don't know. We don't know. All right, we'll hold it here for today. Yeshikoyach.